making our way into a new segment here. The Desert Tabernacle is what you said as we were right. wrapping up the last one. So make our way to the desert, shall we? It's a new home. Just yeah. kind of like that song. He carried crosses before. This tabernacle, as you'll discover, is a cross. And mm-hmm. it's probably the, the fullest revelation of the cross that you could ask for. Pretty profound. So the Garden Tabernacle, the Garden of Eden, if only, if only he hadn't done what they did. But... They did. And it was history, literally. It wasn't until 2,500 years later that God called Moses to build the next tabernacle. So just to get you a little scope through history there. Well, he had been through that experience before. Yeah. So I was like, (laughs) all right, we can try this again. I don't want to do this again. Back to Exodus 25. Then Jehovah spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all his furnishings. Pattern, 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 pattern. Mm. Just so you shall make it. Do it just the way I tell you. When we arrive at the tabernacle of Moses in the desert, we also re-encounter the original commands given to Adam and Eve. Do you remember those Hebrew words I taught you? I don't remember the Hebrew words, I'll be honest, but I do remember the translation that you gave us, and that was to tend and to keep. Close enough. Okay. So both words, Avad Shamar, are used together again for the first time in 2,500 years. But this time, it's grabbed the job of the priests and the Levites. That's hard to miss, right? Mm. God did something. Again, Numbers 3, 5 through 8. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priest that they may serve him, that they shall keep his charge, that's Shamar, and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of meeting to do the service of the tabernacle. That's the vod. That's the, uh, the um, tending. And also they shall attend to all the furnishings of the tabernacle of meeting to the needs of the children of Israel to do the work of the tabernacle. So the tabernacle became a replacement for the Garden of Eden and the answer for how God could still dwell with man despite man's sinfulness without destroying him. If you notice... The tabernacle wasn't just called the tabernacle there, right? It was the tabernacle of meeting. And in Exodus 25, God explained that phrase. And there I will, go figure, meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the Ark of the Testimony. Okay, so now here's another Hebrew word. You're going to have to learn a little bit of Hebrew today. (laughs) The word meet is yaad. And it has two primary meanings. To meet and to betroth. Mm. God wants to meet you and to betroth you. That's what the tabernacle is about. When Yaad is used as meet, it's speaking of God meeting with us in the tabernacle at a set time or appointed time, a moed. That's what these things are. Which tells you a lot about God's love for us. When Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and lost their covering or anointing, becoming separated from him, They hid from him when he came to meet with them. You remember that? They missed their appointed time with him to meet the serpent instead. Mm. So he restored the lost tabernacle and restored meeting times with us. That's why these feasts are so important to him, and it should be to us. The full name of the tabernacle is the tent or tabernacle of meeting. That's what it's about. It's where you encounter Jesus, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter the Father. A little bit of repetition for you, just so you don't miss the point. When Yad is used as betrothed, now that's a, that's an interesting one. It's speaking of marriage, obviously, but in a very special sense. And this, to me, wow, 
Mm. It's referring to a situation that if a man has to sell his daughter as a slave with the understanding that she's to be married to her master, but she's not accepted by him, then she cannot be sold again, but must be ransomed or treated like his daughter. Mm. She's betrothed. It has to be treated in a special way. So, God hasn't just betrothed us to himself. He said from the moment of the betrothal, (laughs) you're going to become unacceptable to me. You're going to rebel and betray and be unfaithful, and I'm going to have to reject you. But I'm building into this betrothal that reality. So when you fail, I will ransom you. I will redeem you. I will always treat you as my daughter. That to me, that's just an overwhelming thought with how God is preparing this tabernacle for us. Now, for you ladies especially, the tabernacle is a very interesting thing. So, this is Genesis 2. So, Jehovah caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh at that place. Jehovah God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. We know that story, right? Pretty straightforward. However, the word translated as rib, which is selah, is used, not selah as in the peace one, but selah with a T, is used 40 times in the Hebrew Bible. In all of the other 39 times, it means side. And it's used almost exclusively of the tabernacle or temple. The root is salah. It means to limp or be lame. It's first use of Jacob after he wrestles with the angel of Jehovah and he's given a new name and a limp, right? There's another famous verse that features Salah in Micah 4. And that day, says Jehovah, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcasts and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So Jehovah will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. And you, O tower of the flock, or Migdal Adar, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, the literal translation sheds some important insight on those verses. Instead of just the, the, the word the, they say, I will assemble her that is lame. I will gather her that is driven out, her that I've afflicted, and her that was cast off, far off. Now, you probably recognize the phrase too, the tower of the flock or Migdalator. It's the most commonly quoted prophecy of Mary becoming the mother of Yeshua Jesus and exactly where he would be born. The fact that it's the root of the word that describes how Eve was made out of Adam before they sinned is just a reminder that God was always making a bride and it was given that we would fall and that he would rescue us by becoming flesh himself. It's clear that Moses was intentionally connecting the making of the woman with the building of the tabernacle, using that word, because of the verb he uses to describe how God made her. Some translate it, God fashioned the woman, but that's not the literal. The Hebrew word is bana, which typically means to build. In fashion, he built her. And the words build, bana, inside that salah word, are only ever used together in two stories in the Bible the building of a woman, and the building of the temple. Mm. And what we discover in the tabernacle meeting are two altars and an ark that will be made from the wood of a very special tree, which is going to lead us back to several trees in the Garden of Eden. That is just mind-blowing. It's a fascinating and revealing journey that will lead us back to the original pattern of the tabernacle in heaven. And coming up next, we're going to journey to what, well, to that 
heavenly tabernacle, discover not just the what was built and is, but the who behind it. <laughs>